Oh, that's what I want to get to before we get started. So Josh sent me a 60 second backtrack. Okay. What do you mean? So we were kind of spitballing. Ian suggested it actually, how to do a, like to, instead of just having someone read the 60 second summary, almost like a monologue, try to just put some background music behind it. So there's just something there. Oh, okay. And then we spitballed the idea that it's going to be a track that gets progressively quicker as the song goes. So by the time you hit 60 seconds, it's going to be really quick, and but it's going to stop at 60 seconds. So if you're still going when the music stops, you've gone too long. Yeah, like musical chairs. More or less. So I haven't I'm played gonna... that in years. <laughs> just Easiest way that. to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share... So. Josh did his. I, him, and I apparently had the basically the same idea because I think we we did the same thing with the theme song for the show, <clears throat> and then I actually did it to the the backup theme that apparently makes Andy giggle all the time. So I can play that one too. <laughs> I can't wait to giggle again. All right, so this is the one Josh did. Shred, shred. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it just stops when we hit 60 seconds. That dude was shredding, shredding. So where's the one that makes me giggle? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So we'll see if you still remember how this one sounds. But this is another one where I started speeding it up like every, after like 20 or 30 seconds, it speeds up every 10 seconds. <laughs> it's <laughs> <like> two seconds. <laughs> that is very Beverly Hills copish. That's what I was going for. Is, did you use you use the same music? I had I think the same beat, but I just found other stuff to play with in the Oh, band. okay. It gets so much better. It's faster. I actually kind of do like this one more, but it's faster. Like this oh, yeah, is borderline of playing Sonic right yeah. now. Yeah, I dig this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it.
Hello and welcome to another episode of Brag Addict Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy, No Notes Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Next up, he didn't order any extras, Josh Dorch. Don't need them. And finally, has his wraps have been known to rival Vanilla Ice, Ian Leidick. Today's my birthday, so I spent it by giving $500 donations to my favorite streamers. <laughs> and who who would that be? Honcho Marine. Amelia Watson. Guargura. Those three, in that order. Are those actual streamers, or did you make them they're all They're all VTubers, very real. Okay. Very popular. Yep. Well, spinning off of that, Ian, anything you'd like to plug... You can go to twitch.tv forward slash backslash. You you know the slash. Party <laughs> Bone, where the number one party off Bone Machine is playing video games. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, he's already been playing the hottest new release of all time, League of Maidens. With over 12 trillion downloads, it is the number one game on Steam, and he's playing that hot, spicy Maiden action. And also look out for Warzone Wednesdays. Anyone want to follow that and, and plug something? Andy, anything? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, T H E D R E W I D 79. Nice. Well done. Josh, anything? Not at all. <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep asking just in case. That's fine. Plug your soda pop collection. <laughs> well, that's not plugging something. That's just telling people about something I do. It's like it's not. It's not promotion. It's just informing them of uh, <laughs> a, a, a quirk or a fun fact or a hobby. He just doesn't want you to feel left out. <laughs> <laughs> and until you know they start kicking something my way, I'm not giving them free advertising. <laughs> uh, and if you want to follow me, uh, I do also stream occasionally, just sort of whenever I feel like it. There's no schedule, but uh, hit me up. Uh, at Jedi Bry Guy on Twitch. That's Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. It's so hot. It's, it's, um, I, I feel like every time you're on, that's how we're going to end this, aren't we? <laughs> Just every time. <laughs> uh, all right, so on tap for this episode, we have another Rewind Theater. So if you are new to this series of episodes, it's basically an excuse for us to go back, revisit some older comic book movies that we either haven't seen or haven't seen for a while. Uh, our format with these has been to start with some comic book history for the movie that we're on, uh, since they're all based on comic books or graphic novels. Josh will take that one. Uh, after we've talked about some of the people involved with transitioning that property into a movie, then we'll go over the budgets, box office ratings, uh, if it's first time watch for any of us to rewatch. Uh, before we get into discussion, I'll throw out the spoiler alert, then we'll get to a 60 second summary, which one of us has volunteered to do ahead of time. Uh, our main discussion will consist of five categories, directing, characters, actors, story, soundtrack, and special effects, special effects and explosions. Uh, we've given ourselves a 10-minute timer for each of those cat categories to keep us on track. Once we go through all of that, we'll end the discussion of the movie with a rating and see if everyone thinks the movie holds up. Uh, and then finally, we always wrap the show uh, to take a little bit of pressure off of us. We leave it to the Wheel of Fate. The Wheel of Fate! To pick what movie we are watching next. So the wheel will always feature two franchises and four standalone movies at a time. At least for now, we may revamp that. Uh, I'll, I'll refresh that again when we get to the wheel. Uh, either way, at the end of the episode, we will spin the wheel to see what we're watching next. Uh, so at the return, or sorry, at the end of our return of the Swamp Thing episode, uh, the wheel landed on another franchise, which is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
And since we already watched the first movie for that franchise, the next one up is 1991's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, and that is how we got here. TMNT2 T-S-O-T-O. Very well. Good good job. Well done. Well done. All right, I can, veto- you, can you merge that into just a big big old word? Did we did we figure out how, to, how that's all pronounced together? Isn't it tomato sot? <laughs> Close <laughs> enough. I will take it. <laughs> I'm just glad you even attempted. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Way to not leave me hanging there. I appreciate that. Uh, all right, so kicking off the episode and bringing us up to speed on the comic book background, and uh, since we didn't do this the first time we did Turtles... Uh, we're going to let Josh take this one. So, Josh, if you would please take us to school. All right, class. Well, we have a surprise this week, and that is you all get A's this semester because I didn't have time to prepare our background <laughs> for this episode. So, luckily, because we have several more chapters in the franchise for Turtles to Go, I will definitely make it up to you next time, but you all get uh, uh, an early dismissal today. <laughs> You know, and I was wondering, like, what do we do when we get to the, like, we've done this for one of them, and then we get to another movie in the franchise that's the same stuff. It's the same same background. Do we just rehash it again? Or... I, I so mean, at least for, this, this does for, give us something to look forward to. Yeah, for franchises, I think it's it's fine. If, like, what, because we were a few episodes, we were like six or seven episodes in, into this before we started this segment. Um, we missed the first Turtles movie. If nothing had really changed, I don't think we would you know need to revisit anything. Maybe in the event that a particular sequel of some franchises might end up getting based off of, um, you know, a more particular storyline or two from comics. We could maybe hit those kind of highlights, but yeah, other, that might be a good way to yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. But for franchises, other than that, I think it'd be like a one and done at the beginning. Just always, Hey, refer to our first episode that we talked about this. That's where you want all the information. Exactly. Except Plug ourselves. Avengers. That's just going to be each fucking 10 movies. It's like, okay, so this is how Iron Man got started. <laughs> Captain America's original comic book. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. We're excited. You might not be. We're excited. Brian, I think you just also found a new tagline for the poster for uh, the promotion for the show. Brian Guy and his super friends. Plug yourself. <laughs> it's the next shirt, Ian. There you go. <laughs> Plug yourselves. <laughs> Front says Cut King. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so who was involved with translating this comic book into a movie? So we have the director, who is Michael Pressman, uh, who directed a handful of movies starting in 1979, shifted to made-for-TV movies in 1984, directed this movie in 1991, uh, then went back to a few TV movies, and by 1997 has primarily directed TV shows. Uh, the, the show he's directed the most, 16 episodes of Law & Order SVU. Second series he's directed the most, Law & Order with eight episodes. Mm. So he's staying in the family there. Uh, the film itself was written by Todd Langan, who was a returning solo after writing the first movie with Bobby Herbick. Uh, and as a refresh, Langan has written, has, has four writing credits to his name. Uh, as far as IMDb tells me, uh, one episode of the pursuit of happiness from 1987, the first turtles movie from 1990, Five episodes of The Wonder Years, and then TMN2 in 1991, and that's it. So this is the last writing credit on his resume. This makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> right, I completely understand this. It, it's, it's also obvious then 
that uh, after that first film, he got a lot of notes from the studio. Yes. I think so, too. Uh, so for the cast for, for the film, we have Kevin Clash as Splinter. The, turtle, the turtles themselves were so important, they each have two actors per turtle. So starting with Michelangelo, we have <clears throat> Michelin... I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but Michel, yeah, Michelin Sisti in costume, Robbie Rist as the voice, uh, Leonardo is Mark Casso in costume, and Brian Tachi as the voice, Donatello is Leif Tilden in costume, Adam, Adam Carl as the voice, Raphael has Kevin Scott, or sorry, Ken Scott in costume, and Lori Faso as the voice. Shredder actually gets triple duty, as he's played in the film by Francis Chow, uh, voiced by David McCharen. And then when he's Super Shredder is played by Kevin fucking Nash. Diesel himself. NWO. <laughs> uh, this time That's... we also have Paige Turco as April. We're introduced to Ernie Reyes Jr. as Kino. Uh, I think David Warner is just a delight as Professor Perry. Uh, we can't forget Vanilla Ice as himself. <laughs> and I feel like noticeably absent is Casey Jones. Agreed. Uh, any guesses on this film's budget from 1991? I'm going to be wrong. Okay, Sorry, 30. Andy said 38? Yep. Ian? Eight. eight <laughs> like eight million? That's it? I hope it wasn't more. <laughs> Josh, uh, any guesses? You don't happen to have the numbers for the first film handy, do you? If you don't, don't worry about That's it. Cheating. Not, yeah, That's cheating. Yeah, not right offhand. It's not cheating. I'm looking for comparisons. Um, You're just going to use play, like plus inflation. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to trying to trying to gauge the different products and, and what they came out of it. Uh, from 38, I'm, I, I I don't think it still would have cost that much. But Vanilla Ice was a big big get at the time. He was probably pricey. Um, I'm gonna go and the song. <laughs> well, he was commissioned for the song. That would have probably been included in his fee. And he got royalties and stuff, mm. so that wouldn't have been bad. I'm going to go 26. Uh, Josh, you are 1 million off. Yeah. 25 million was the budget. Ooh. Oh, so I win, though, because I didn't go over. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for compar comparison's sake, the first movie was 13.5 for a budget. This cost more? Twice as Twice. much. Yeah. Wow. Which makes sense for a sequel. I guess if they get greenlit for a sequel, they just give them twice as much money. It doesn't look like they spent twice as much. It does not, but it's the there. First, the first one had so much location shooting and like on the streets of New York and uh, a lot. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Vanilla Ice did cost that much money back then. Oof. Uh, all right. So any guesses on the worldwide? So this is all right. So maybe I won't do this one because this is a little bit. Like, I was unsure what how this movie released because when I looked at Box Office Mojo for the numbers, they only listed domestic total. There's nothing listed for international. But the first movie made international money, so I don't know what the, why the second one does not have any international uh, box office revenue listed. Uh, but domestically, they're only saying it made $79 million. So, and that's, again, Box Office li Mojo lists that as the total worldwide because it doesn't have anything for international. So I don't know if that's true i didn't actually try to research that further because that's usually my go-to shop for budget or for box office well they i um wikipedia has it but it only listed as rentals so i might not have gotten a theatrical release yeah okay so that would make sense why there's not an international 
box office number for for the movie. It cost twenty five million for Fox to get the rights for the international release. Jeez, they made twelve million off rentals. Um, as far as, uh, ratings or yeah, the, the ratings we get from Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes has a critic rating as 35% audience rating 67%. Uh, Metacritic has a meta score of 45 and a user score of 6.7. So we will revisit those whenever we get to our own ratings. Uh, going around the horn. Is this a first time viewing or a rewatch? Andy. This is definitely a rewatch. Josh. Rewatch. Ian. I thought it was a rewatch, but then I watched it and I'm like, I think I have never seen this before. (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't surprise me given our last discussion on Turtles. It makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Uh, This is obviously, yes, a rewatch for me as well. This is, this is a movie I grew up with. So I, I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I watched this numerous, numerous times when I was a kid. Oh Yeah. Uh, all right, so it's that time of the show when we're going to get into the discussion portion. Uh, since we'll be discussing everything in the movie, I'm going to throw out the spoiler alert. So if you've not seen Turtles 2 and don't want spoiled for this 30-year-old movie, it is celebrating 30 years this year, guys. Uh, pause this now, come back after you watch the film. Uh, if you would like to listen anyway, right after the spoiler alert is our 60-second summary, which will hopefully give you enough of a general plot of the movie that you can listen to the discussion. So either way, spoilers to follow. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so now that we are got the spoiler alert out of the way, we're rolling into the 60-second summary. So again, the goal of this is to give you an idea of the plot of the movie. So if you care to listen along anyway, even after the spoilers, you will at least have a general idea of what the hell's going on. Uh, but we've added the challenge of having to give that summary in under 60 seconds. So luckily, if you miss any details, you can just rewind the show and listen again, because yay, technology. Uh, so on the hot seat for this one is Ian. So we have a 60-second backtrack for him. So, Ian, whenever you are ready, take it away. Exterior New York, the hot craze is plain pizza. Our intrepid pizza delivery boy Kino calls a group of girls fat because they reject him. This establishes his toxic masculinity. We see a robbery of televisions in progress, which we know from the first film was Foot Clan M.O. Kino uses karate to dispatch a set of burglars when more burglars appear. Unfortunately, a group of delinquent green teenagers show up and attack the burglars. To show how unruly they are, the delinquents shove Kino into the garbage. This is described as turtle-rific. After missing, after dispatching the burglars, we find the turtles live in squalor. Their master, a rat, discovers connection between a company called TGRI and their own origin due to TGRI creating a ooze. We also discovered that Shredder ended up in the dump to cover up Casey's manslaughter. The Foot Clan kidnapped the ooze scientists and steal the last canister of ooze. The ooze is on used on a wolf and snapping turtle. The turtles rescue the scientist who creates an antidote. The antidote is used on the turtle and wolf through donuts. This takes place during a vanilla ice concert. After dispatching the two new mutants, they fight Shredder who still has some ooze. Shredder becomes Super Shredder is defeated by his own attack, which the turtles <laughs> avoid by going into a nearby pool of water. Fuck yeah. Oh, well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> did, the, did the music help? Because I feel like I could noticeably see you speeding up as the music got faster. <laughs> yeah, it did. I was like, okay, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so we, we, we'll, call, we'll call this first experiment run a success. Yeah. Yeah, you made it under. I did. You stopped before the music did, so well done. And I got the plot. Yeah. I, I think you nailed it pretty good. I'm I'm impressed. Very impressed. Thank you. I just really had to get that line in about Kino and Casey. That was the most important parts for me. <laughs> now I'm wondering, like, 
I noticed there's like a middle chunk of the movie that's just missing. <laughs> like well, I really wanted. <laughs> I thought that them finding a new hideout wasn't relevant to the plot. That that's fair. And I also thought the first fight and discovering the base didn't really matter. Like, <laughs> that's also true. Yeah, the broad I mean, strokes. You yeah, the, you hit the bullet points. Yeah. Um. All right. So we are good for uh the rest of our main discussion. So we can get into the the nitty gritty here. Uh, so screen. out of our yeah, thank yeah, you. Sorry, go. I was like, this is gonna upset me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for our five topics, uh, any volunteers to go first, and what do you want to start with? Characters. All right, Ian, you got characters. I will put sixty or no, sorry, not sixty seconds. I will put ten minutes on the clock. We're getting these down to like seventeen-minute episodes. Go. That's right. Quick hits, just like Quibi. <laughs> All right, Ian, characters are yours. Go ahead. There was zero likable people in this film. Uh, <laughs> everyone sucked. Uh, no one had any real motivation. Like, we knew the turtle origin was the ooze, and that's all they found out is that the ooze created them. The central overarching plot was the turtles trying to find their origin, and they found it by watching the first movie. It was dumb. <laughs> they spend half the movie living in the squalor in April being like, I, you guys can live here, but please don't ever live here again. The scientist, I, I thought he was good, but he's also bad. It made no sense. Like, you couldn't tell if he was a bad scientist because he was, like, hiding the ooze or a good scientist because he disposed of it. Shredder was just fucking dumb. He had... He's like, <laughs> we're not rebuilding the foot plan. I need revenge, but also... Let's not properly set up my revenge. Hey, you made two giant mutants for me. I am now going to instantly kill them because they can't talk. <laughs> um, the, the chief police showed up again and he still sucked. And Kino was better off surfing. Oh, see, you got the Good surfing. Call. Just dig in there. Well yep. done. <laughs> I just, it, it, I didn't like any of the characters. Except for Vanilla Ice. <laughs> And the club promoter, <laughs> who wanted the dancers kicked out, but then it was okay because they liked them. I thought that was very believable club promoter behavior. <laughs> okay, they like them. This poor lackey. <laughs> I like that he had to call the police and they'd be like, uh, no, it's, yeah, no, I don't have a penis anymore, my boss <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but... <laughs> <laughs> like I mean you think about it objectively I, I think it may be just coming at this now as more of an adult objectively this is not a good movie however I still fucking love this movie <laughs> I think you know just from what we know of the turtles like the turtles themselves I think are fun I think they, they have good personality traits I think I like the the uh, dynamic between all four of the turtles together I, I like seeing that I think that works for me well, the um, only dynamic with them, though, is they all don't like the one that always leaves the group dry and high, and then that's that's the dynamic. Is You apparently haven't sucks. watched as much Turtles as we have. That's that's the stick. That's every movie. That's, 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 that's not even a dimension. That's three guys hating one dude because he's a dick, and that's just called life. That's just called <laughs> normal behavior. Like, the other... Like, it's just, like, the movie was, like, okay. Like, I was like, okay, this one's a lot better than the first one, and then they started telling jokes. <laughs> And that's when it went downhill, and I was like, yep, this is the first film all over again, but better suits. 
And that's all be- that's because these characters have no real motivations other than pizza, but not even good pizza. Plain pizza, <laughs> like everyone else in the opening, like, shuffle of New York, where everyone's eating plain fucking pizza. Because this movie's so dry of having any real ingredient of, like, flavor. <laughs> it's, it's just like the Model T of pizza. You can have it any way you want it, as long as it's <laughs> plain. <laughs> so any, any, yeah. any rebuttal from anyone? Uh, I actually thought that the Ninja Turtles showed better individual uh, characteristics than the first movie. Yeah, agree to that. I thought they were they were able to individualize themselves a little bit better in this movie. Um, I thought the actress that played April O'Neil was okay, but I feel like I liked the original April O'Neil better. Like I she agree. was serviceable, but. I still don't think she had anything to do. To Ian's point, like the the character of April doesn't do anything in these movies, right? Yeah. Um, I liked Hino's character. I, I thought he didn't really need to be there. I think, but um, <laughs> but I'm glad he, that he, he was. was. He was fun and energetic. You know. I, I guess, I guess I'm he... curious now what the uh, like scenario is to that Casey didn't come back. The actor that played Casey, like, was it like a contract thing, and then they got, you know. Kino to replace what Casey was not there for. Like they just need that other side character. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if, the, and I don't know any, like this is just talking out of my ass, but maybe one of the notes they got was like, Casey comes off as too violent of a character. Oh yeah. Okay. And, and how I can, can, how I, can, can you, I can buy that. Like you could, you could have him in something like this and make it like a lot more slapsticky. And we will see that to a small extent in part three. But yeah, um, I want to say he's in the third. Yeah, yeah, he does. The same actor comes back for it. Um, but he's like in this like very diminished small role. Um, so I mean that could be part of it. Is just the the tone of the first movie, uh, as Ian pointed out uh, during that discussion. Like the first time you meet Casey, he's probably you know fracturing facial bones and skulls of teenagers in a park. So right, you know. It'd be hard to find a good medium with him in here. Fair, fair, yeah. So did you guys catch the one character that actually um, crossed over with Spawn? No. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Josh, I feel like this is right up your Between Two Worlds I should, well, sort of, I kind of, I should. He's uncredited, but I noticed him, I noticed him in the movie. And then I checked on IMDb, and he is listed in IMDb as being in the movie uncredited. I'm Mike Michael Jai White. No shit. Oh, yeah. When Kino goes to uh, join the Foot Clan, like under guys with Raphael, uh, there's a bunch of them, and that one the one kid comes out with like the leather hat, and he's like, "You, you get you guys got to do some tests and yeah. all that." And when they're standing next to that fence, next yeah. to the yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to the, uh, scrapped cars and stuff. If you look, there's a black, like a taller black dude there, and that's Michael J. White. Very young, but that's him. Wow. No shit. It all comes back around to spawn. Yeah. <laughs> and black dynamite, but you know. <laughs> that um, was weird too. Those like kids joining, trying to join the gang. Like I couldn't tell if they were supposed to be like greaser archetype. Or like classic yeah, yeah. rock archetype, like they were mixing a lot of things, but also they all know karate. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, like even the side characters that have no real part in the movie, they couldn't get right. 
<laughs> I didn't really. No, I I know I probably watched this sometime in the last five six years maybe before this and before that maybe it had been quite a while something about seeing it right now i did not actually realize how young some of the characters are like the opening scene at the junkyard the couple like foot clan members who are in uniform but unmasked are arguing and whatnot i could have sworn like when i yeah when granted when i'm a kid anybody who is you know three years older than me might as well be an adult but (laughs) <laughs> even watching this like in my late teens college 20s early 30s maybe never hit me but i'm like oh my god these they're like 11 yeah that there was one somebody on the left like side of that was, screen yeah i was he thinking the same like thing was, this time yeah he was like 10 yeah <laughs> you're like that dude knows like kung fu that's ridiculous <laughs> um, um I, I guess Josh, i kind of anything to add for these characters well, yeah, I mean, I, I, with a lot of it, I get where Ian's coming from. I do agree with Andy that uh, the individualization of the turtles, they definitely evolved and they not only became at the, at the very least, they distinguished their personalities better. And it so happened right. that they did align them more to the, you know, more cartoon personalities that we came to know by that point. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I actually really like, even, even though a lot of what is happening around him is stupid. I, a, as the actor and the character he brings, I love, uh, uh, the professor, the, the, the scientist. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. J- Jordan Perry. I don't know why he's a professor. Just be like, he, he, he works like at a chemical company. I don't know why he's a professor. Um, yeah, that's what he's called. But, um, I was wondering if that was an Easter egg. Like, if you read the comics, is he someone who's in the comics and eventually becomes mm. one of the mutants or something? Oh, uh, yeah, that I don't know. And since I didn't do my job this time, I don't have that <laughs> answer for you. No, this is his first appearance in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, is this movie. Oh, that okay. specific character. Yeah, he's not okay. from something else. Okay. Um, I, I think I'm with, with Brian on a lot of it, though. Yes, uh, objectively... I'm seeing it different now and I, I I'm it, it's way more campy than I ever realized, but yeah. admittedly there is something that is so damn watchable about it. <laughs> we're not, we're not winning Ian over here, but yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not trying to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I, the professor stood out to me, even, even, I, I guess maybe I appreciate him less now, but as a kid, I thought Kino was the coolest fucking dude in this movie. Right. He was your he avatar. He literally starts off by getting thrown in a trash can like a fucking nerd. <laughs> by a giant what they do to turtle. That's what they do in Power Rangers to nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I think the point is, like, he was he was one of the first human characters outside of some of the, like, Casey and April stuff that, like, gets to meet and interact with the turtles. That was a cool thing as a kid. That's what all the kids wanted to do was meet the I, turtles. Can't and also, he called those girls fat. Like, <laughs> come on. I didn't get you, that joke as a younger kid. I saw it this time. I was like, dude, that's, that's a little harsh there. Dude, that I, was, so like, I, fucking deep. I, I stopped at some point. I only wrote two down. But under my story category, I literally started a section that I put things Ian will shit on. <laughs> and the first one first bullet point is right there oh yeah but when i do i'll dream of something a little thinner <laughs> i i <laughs> knew that was gonna come up 
So the only other thing I want to say about the characters is I think the guy who played Kino, I can't remember, Reyes Jr. or something? Yeah, yeah. Actually choreographed all of his own fight scenes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. As it was listed in the credits, I was surprised. I had never seen that before. Okay. For as I'll, young I'll as he was at the time, that's pretty cool. It's, yeah. He's only about 20, maybe not even, like 18. That's this is one of those like, actors... the director section. <laughs> this, is, this is one of those actors I feel like needs to be on, like, where are they now? Like, I only remember him from this movie and Surf Ninjas, and that's it. Like, where where did this guy go? He's I'm looking at him right now. He's had a pretty steady career. I mean, somewhat. Like, there's there's gaps, but, I mean, he has stuff. Is it still in movies? Um, Every now and then he has some uh, voice work, some video short work. And... He directed a Wiz Khalifa music video three years ago, so I, you tell me if he's doing well. Black and Yellow? No, Rolling Papers 2. Uh. <laughs> One episode uh. of Brooklyn Nine-Nine is Bob number two. <laughs> Uh, all right, so next category. Andy, where do you want to go? Direction, story, soundtrack, or special effects explosions? Special effects explosions. All right. It's all yours. Ten minutes on the clock. I actually liked um, the costumes or the, the turtle get-ups better this time around. I thought they looked a little more, I don't know, more bright and engaging, I guess, is what I want to say. And I really, I really I thought they did a good job of uh, Toka and Razor. Okay. I thought that those were, were pretty good. Um, as far as other special effects, Super Shredder was awful. Um, <laughs> and Kevin whole, Nash probably like, blew his quad during that scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and the, um, the dock coming down on him was awful. I thought, uh, it's like who could have survived with all that stuff on top of him? And literally, there was just wood. Like I don't know what actually killed the super shredder, but from, yeah, from like, the guy that, that that made him weaker. <laughs> <laughs> from, from the guy who apparently survived being crushed in a literal trash, right. uh, garbage truck trash. Like, they literally tried just to regular kill shredder. Him. <laughs> like, did you guys notice that that shredder raised his hand out of guck and shit? three times during that movie <laughs> once when he came out of the garbage once when he hacked through the dock and then once when he almost survived the dock falling on top of him Is i like how a- like at the end of that they they the, i forget which turtle says it but one of them is basically just like that's the end of the shredder just so you know as a as a viewer <laughs> shredder's done we're, we're done with shredder this is it um i don't remember any explosions there weren't any Okay. <laughs> so it gets yeah. a zero. I was gonna say the only explosion that I can even come close to thinking about was the little like fog capsule. They're like we work in, you know. Oh, that's yeah, that's a ni- tiny explosion. That's, oh, that's that's yeah. a smoke bomb, but it's not an explosion. <laughs> the only thing close to an explosion is explosion of magicalness coming out of Vanilla Ice's mouth when he notices four <laughs> ninjas rush in to his crowded concert venue. <laughs> I can't think of any other special effects things, so I'm gonna pass it to whoever else wants to. Yeah, I think it's mostly just the like the explode, like like you said, no explosions. I think the costume design is what I consider special effects for this movie, and I right. do really enjoy the costume design for this one. I think 
it still amazes me how well the turtles look for being 30 years ago and how well the, they can move in those costumes. I mean, I think the like the animatronic heads are still, you know, leave a little bit to be, to be desired compared to stuff for today. But I think back then that it was great. Yeah, so, sorry, you know, cut you off. Go ahead. No, th- their ability to emote um, is actually not that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were much more expressive. I was surprised mm-hmm. by that. I thought one of the few move- things this movie did well was this category. Like, I I really thought these tur- like, this is what had me excited. The first five-ish minutes of the movie it's like, <laughs> man, these turtles, like, these are actual fight scenes now. Someone can yeah. physically move in these costumes. This isn't yeah. like this isn't the worst thing I'm watching. Like, it's like okay, they can really move. This is pretty cool. Like, they might have had to pay a choreographer to like get these fight scenes in there instead of like the first film where they said just run into the weapon. So that was <laughs> nice. Uh, they didn't make the fatal sin of getting the suits wet. They kept them dry even when they were just in water. But like the suits yeah. looked so bad when they were wet in the first film. I'm happy they're just like no, dude, they're fucking dry. They stay fucking dry. <laughs> <laughs> that was really nice. I, I thought even at TGRI for the time period, like their, what a supercomputer thing looks like, I thought was like <laughs> neat, like in that retro, like sci-fi kind of way. Like yeah. it was supposed to be like the 90s though. It's not like they were predicting the future. Like that's what they <laughs> said computers looked like at the time, which they didn't. But it was like fun in this like, you know, retro future sci-fi kind of synthwave look. Even though that's not what they were going for. But I, I enjoyed that for what it was. And, <laughs> What was it, Tuco and whatever the other one is? Yeah, those guys. I mean, they only look like, you know, bargain bin Power Rangers villains. So, you know, it's still pretty good. <laughs> I will say they still look better than the, the Power Rangers movie villains. You're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> so is it me or does, uh, is it Razor? Is that the wolf guy? Doesn't he sort of remind you of uh, Jingle All the Way, Pink? Oh my god, I didn't see it until you just said it. <laughs> oh, was Bo- Booster? Booster, yeah. yeah. Does yes. that sort of resemble Booster? Fuck Booster! Whether <laughs> <laughs> he is sucked. scary. You think that was the same costume? <laughs> I mean, it it's, not, it's definitely not identical, but just... It, like, watching the movie, I was like, wow, this kind of resembles a little bit. <laughs> it's the eyes. It's the fucked up eyes that are in yeah, those yeah. costumes. <laughs> Andy just kind of broke my brain a little bit there. Uh, um, Josh, do you have wait, anything else to add? Or, there there sorry, was an explosion, wasn't there? When, was there? I, when, if there is, I completely forgot it. Toka or Razor push over the the light pole. The lights explode. Oh uh, yeah, there's some like electrical sparks. Like electricity, yeah, still getting zero. Still getting zero. Uh, man, I'm, it's that's really stretching the uh, explosions <laughs> uh, definition. I think, but <laughs> even that part I thought was kind of cool, with like Toka, like biting a part of the um, the pole. You know, you see like his like snapping turtle bite marks in it. I thought that was neat. Yeah. I wonder if I fell asleep during the sparks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the 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 older couple getting into the cab and the, and the lady was like, "Tell them to get their own cab." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, that. that, was yeah. that scene. Okay, yeah. yeah, that was the end of that. Scene. I guess I missed the part right before that. It's like, oh, old people. This is relatable. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on on that point, you guys can maybe help me uh, not settle a bet per se, but a slight disagreement. So when 
we're at sort of our apex battle at the construction site um, just before it's beginning, and they try to pull the gag with the donuts and whatnot. Um, we're watching it, and they present the donuts to them. Uh, Toka is it, Toka's the wolf, right? I, I, These are excellent I think questions. I think I think Toka is the turtle. Ra okay, so Razor Razor is the wolf. Okay, so Razor reaches in, takes his own donut, eats it. Yeah, they then offer it to the turtle, uh, to to Toka, and Toka like whines at them, and he makes them feed him. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so he's like, "No, I don't want to reach it. You give me that." And he like does the thing with his hand, like "Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me." And they have to take it out of the box and put it in his hand. In the moment where he makes that noise, that like whiny, bitchy noise about it, I for my entire life have been under the impression that he's saying no. That they like, offer no, I don't want one. No, they offer him the box, and he and he says no, no, like give me it. I, I, I no, I'm not going to do it myself. You have to hand it to me. Sarah absolutely 100% believes that he is saying num nums again that's what i thought it was num num like yeah yeah okay I, yeah i think i'm more in line with sarah yeah then i have to rewrite the last 30 years of my life thank you <laughs> <laughs> i did point out that they should have used bagels instead because that's what new york's famous for <laughs> <laughs> how are you going to hide ice cubes and bagels man they didn't do a good job with the donuts. The donuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> but plot wise, nothing eat, changes. <laughs> they got them to at least eat one each. Also, if you're gonna freeze something and put it in something you're baking, why not just bake it into it? Why not just make it like well, part of the actually, dough? I don't think they actually baked the donuts. Well, then how they, they get really the ice cube the inside through. the donut? I thought they just stuck it in like the cream hole. They're, they're not the teenage. They're not the teenage mutant cooking turtles. Teenage mutant baking turtles. Yeah, I don't know why that thought never occurred to me until just now. But just the way you described it, I was like, "Well, it's, it tracks." But I didn't think of it in that sense. And like yet, yet another T-shirt yeah. for you. <laughs> that was too I graphic. Miss, I stuck it through I the cream what he said. hole. <laughs> Stick the ice cube in the cream hole. <laughs> Where else are you gonna put something that green? <laughs> There's the back of the shirt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. Um. So yeah, anything else for special effects or explosions? <laughs> oh, I get. I, I. It's not really a special effect, but because it's like the computer. I was really upset with how the professor typed. It was like watching my dad type. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was one of the turtles. The turtles typing. The look up yeah. thing. Like, that's like watching my dad type. I could hear it. Like, I was like, yep. Yeah, but, like, he has three fingers and they're, like, ginormous. Enormous, yeah. yeah. That's there's not no my way fault. There's no way he can be, like, the ASDF JKL semicolon. <laughs> Surprising I he even get the keys at all. I, I, I know our alarm just went off, but uh, since we're talking about the computer, I'm going to bring this up real quick because I, I let's, sure let's call it special effects. Whoever was like the technical advisor on this movie or whatever they accepted was really subpar. I like the idea that 
Don Donatello could access a list of files on a computer. And his explanation is that simply accessing and opening the file that he wants to might be coded in such a way that would crash the entire mainframe? That's not a thing! At all! <laughs> In 1991, we weren't that familiar with computers. Oh, so it was just... I, I, oh yeah, I bought it hook, line, and yeah, sinker hook, every single time. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to say hook, line, and sinker. I just assumed it was because he's a turtle and doesn't actually know what he's talking about. <laughs> That's why he said it. Uh, but he's the technology whiz turtle. He's they never explained how. Like, they lived in a sewer. Old, old issues of popular mechanics? <laughs> from, the, from the TV. He learned it from the TV. <laughs> I will say, since uh, Ian did mention the, the computer room there, the science lab room, I said it was a top-notch science room. They did not leave one little blinky boop over, <laughs> overturned. They, oh, man, that place was decked out. So, I don't know where this fits, but I, I, I don't know if it's... I feel like it would either fit here or, or direction, but I, since we're still already still kind of stuck here, I think the set design for this movie, I, I like it. I, th I think maybe, obviously, with the increased budget, I think maybe they had a better budget to make sets, but I still like the set design in this. I think I, I mean, the yeah, lab looks fucking it. weird, but I could, I liked it. I think the construction site is one that always sticks with me for whatever reason. Uh, the club scene, obviously, because that's memorable shit that happens yeah. in there. Um, I, the, I, their I, new lair, I love the way their new lair looks. Like, that's a yes. good set. I didn't realize until this time just how and they did a good job really with how they shot it but i don't know why they made the the lab so small for that whole like yeah. action sequence to take place they did a good job of like moving the camera around and cropping in ways that made you like forget about this like but that why the events that take place seemed so much more unbelievable now because you're like everyone's crammed in together like this place this room is only like 12 by 12 there's a there's a scene where like Raph's telling Mikey to throw him the vial. Yes. And you can see Tatsu behind him. Six feet. Waiting for him, him to throw it, not moving. <laughs> and Raph's telling him, just throw it over here, I'm ready. Like I'm, He's like, I'm open. Yeah, there's you're someone not literally it. standing right behind yeah, you. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I was gonna bring that up when we got to direction because I have a, a, a parallel point to something like that that occurs. So I'll I'll start All right, back so let's spin there, Josh. We'll okay. go to direction now. Okay. So, so go ahead and take it. Just, you know, just knock this other one out that's similar. So in the junkyard scene, when the the turtles come to rescue Raph, um, basically the same exact thing happens. I think it's Leonardo or one of them is directly fighting a foot soldier or two on the ground four feet in front of Shredder, who is standing on this little plinth platform, not moving a goddamn muscle. When like, if you're if you're this hell bent on revenge, you don't have. Right. He's expressed this. He doesn't have a further motivation for crime syndicates or anything like that yet. If your sole motivation that you've told us is revenge on these things, he literally could have knelt down, swiped his arm, and cut the effer's throat with all that <laughs> shit that he has all you know all over his, his his uniform that his outfit that he wears doesn't move a muscle they like they probably didn't even need to pay the actor to be on set that day they could have just put like dressed a mannequin and put him on the the platform 
the the, the choice yeah. of direction of like maybe it's like I don't know if it's the, the the scenery design that maybe that's a mixture of like direction and cinematographer like I don't know why they made some of those choices. Like they just want someone in the background that looks cool to make up the shot type of thing. You know, yeah, they want you to do anything, just be there in the background. Yeah, well, it's like it's when you're playing strange. Street Fighter and there's people in the background of the fight. <laughs> yeah, I could I could buy that. Yeah, that's an excellent explanation I would buy. Yeah, uh, I mean, over uh, the rest of direction, I would say I, uh, the other elements that we've talked about putting together something that is, I, in my opinion, still very watchable. For whatever reason, your your brain after all these years, if you maybe grew up with it, still discounts all the other stuff and you can at least just have a fun ride for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think you talked about earlier, Josh, the tone of this movie is noticeably different than the first one. They in, definitely lean entirely. more campy, slapsticky, like... Yeah, yeah. It's, this it's one, so, considering, I, like, right at the opening sequence, not only, you know, not that they we're fighting foot clan members in the first movie and like stabbing people with their pointy weapons, but they literally somehow lose all of their weapons at the beginning of the movie or just don't use them. And they're hitting them with like nerf toys. Like that's, yeah. that's if that's not a change in tone from the first one, I don't know how else <laughs> you're going to see it. Here, here's another settle a bet kind of scenario in that opening toy store fight thing. When Donnie pretends, like, takes the place of the, like, wobbly clown thing, is he giving the guy the finger? He sticks out of his three fingers. He extends the middle one. Is that deliberate? I I guess as I, I never thought of it that way. I would, I'll let that go. Yes, I would say middle finger. But I'm, I'm, I guess as a kid, I'm always thinking it was just the pointer finger. Maybe. Yeah, because he doesn't really have to me it's very almost the kid. same. Because it's like he has a thumb, and then he has, like, two fingers. Yeah. So there's really no, like, middle finger, I guess. Is... Well, no, there's three, so there's a middle one. <laughs> oh, true. All right. <laughs> I like yeah. that you're literally looking at your hand. And <laughs> Wait, odd numbers have a middle? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's how I diagram things. It works. Uh, my, uh, my least favorite directorial choice was the... You don't even know who it is because he's a foot soldier, but in the computer scene when they're playing football with the use canister, who chose the big fat foot soldier to, to catch the canister? Did you guys notice that? I never noticed it before. I noticed it this time. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh my God, that guy's got to be like 40 and like <laughs> not in remotely good shape. Like, and he's like, oh. <laughs> That's the uh, that's the director's cameo. It's got to be like yeah. it's got to be someone that's like I want to be in the movie, man. He's like, okay, put on this bug eye costume. <laughs> well, that's just the only kid they recruited that never died. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's been eating pizza like the turtle. How so? How how long after the first movie did this take place? Because I'm under the impression it's like a couple of days. Yeah, it's got. I was gonna say at most term. a week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Casey got checked into an institution. That's what happened to him. <laughs> um, I guess the other thing that, like, I don't think I really paid attention to is, like, less about the movie itself, but the, uh, like, the year it was made. I didn't realize this is one year after the first movie. Yeah. Like, the first movie is 1990, this is 1991, so I don't know how quickly they make movies back then, or maybe just because there wasn't as much, like, computer effects back then, and mostly everything was practical, that you could just cram it out and rush it out, but I don't know if, 
and again, maybe like the studio notes and the change in tone helped it. I don't know, go quicker. I, I don't know, but it just that seems like such a quick turnaround for a movie. Well, considering the one of the the most noticeable departure from the film, I'm not surprised. Like, like they lost people from how quick they went. You know. Yeah. Like well, that, yeah, I guess that's something to make sense. Yeah, that would make they sense. They couldn't get Feldman there. back, you know. Like, yeah, that's kind <laughs> of a big deal. This like, uh, the the sequel came out one week shy of the one year anniversary. It was less than a year. Jesus, between the two by one week. So, like, you have to assume if they if they turned around that quick, either they had a story in mind. Like if this <laughs> if if this movie makes money, we're just gonna run with this, because I I don't think they they couldn't have shot them like back to back like that. No, and, and well the with, suits with got updated enough. Now. Yeah, but I, I guess know, all I the lines are ADR'd, so I guess you kind of that's could. true. Yeah, you could just make the script up on the fly. Really, it's just the lack of weapons is the only thing that like says mate that's probably not what happened. But yeah. Speaking of, uh, you see most, you see all the turtles use their weapons, except for Raphael. The only thing you use, you see him use Cyphor is for catching that piece of pizza. I I noticed that again, and even with with Leo this time, they gave him like one or two shots where he's clearly using like the sheaths for the right. swords yeah. while the swords remain on his back. Yeah. But there, there's no like non-violent, believable way to show someone like defending or attacking with a sigh that wouldn't result in direct like violence and injury and whatnot. And like, I guess you couldn't like it'd be hard to like play that off. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, poke him in the chest plate and what? Like, he falls over, and that's all we're supposed to assume. Like, <laughs> oh, force, he fell over. I get it. I don't know. So I feel like I'm trying to remember. I don't remember when. Does anyone know when PG thirteen started being a thing? What year that like, started? I want to say like mid eighties. Okay, all right. I was thinking maybe it was around that time, and maybe between the year between one and two, is that PG was different than PG thirteen, and they really wanted that PG rating for two, and using more lethal weapons like that could have bumped it up to PG thirteen. I don't know. History dot com. And I don't even know if that's reputable or not, but is quickly telling me that uh, in July of 1984 is when PG-13 went into oh, effect. Okay, from the a lot earlier than I thought. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else for for direction? We still got two minutes on the clock. Um, maybe if they had a competent director, they wouldn't have let a child choreograph his own fight scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I do the child think Kino. the um. <laughs> The uh, club scene was very well choreographed between the vanilla ice dance moves and the turtles actually having their own, like, choreographed, synchronized dance move. But did they just steal that from, like, the tour they were on, the dance tour the turtles were on? And I was wondering if that came up, like, because, like, that's such a memorable scene from this movie. If suddenly it's like, oh, now we got to take the turtles on tour. And that's where, like, the, the whole album they cut happened and, like, the whole tour they did with the turtles, if that was what kickstarted this whole thing, I'll say yes. I, I mean, it logically, it makes sense. I don't. I didn't look at the dates to see when that tour started or anything like that, but I feel like that would track. Because honestly, that's the. If you're gonna remember one thing from this movie, it's the fucking rap song. Like that's what you remember. That's what sticks with you. That's what you find yourself singing when this movie is over. And I feel like if there's nothing else for direction, we're just gonna have to spin the soundtrack now because I think that's where we're going. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, I could say more about how poor the director is at his job. <laughs> how poor he is at his job? Oh, bad. Sorry. <laughs> how bad. Well, you've got how 35 seconds. Go for it. The movie wasn't like well shot in the sense that like, yeah, they showed up and filmed stuff. But like, they, like we've mentioned, the angles sucked. Like people are either too close or too far away constantly. And, like, <laughs> the, one of the only real benefits is that we never see the puppeteers. That might That's... have been the best thing he did. Yeah, again, I, you're not you're not wrong. I can't I can't argue that at all. So, all right, so we're gonna we'll close down direction with that one. Um, so we have story and soundtrack. Do you want to go soundtrack next? Yeah. All right, Josh, you want to do? Oh. Um, stop. I will. S- yeah, go ahead. Soundtrack. I will start this section by recounting a story from my senior year of high school. Uh, level two of drama class we, it was called theater arts and our teacher uh, required us to uh, two, two or three people were on the hook every Friday throughout the quarter or the, or the semester to come up with their own presentation of some kind that would be performance based you could write poetry you could perform a song you could just do a cappella. you could do a monologue uh, get with someone else do a scene whatever um two of my friends who were in the class with me decided that they would recruit two of their friends who weren't in our class who but who cut whatever class they had at the time that day to come do it and the two friends they recruited were backup dancers who did choreograph their own dancing to two two men and these two women in the class performed ninja rap that's fantastic <laughs> it was freaking amazing and this was 2001 2002 <laughs> yeah uh other than that overall i actually at times i i i thought that the music did a good job in matching the tone of whatever they wanted to go for at the time at, at, at the very least yeah. i think i think you could say that they like went really like heavy on the like synthesizer type of uh of music um i didn't realize until right now that um i think it's during that first uh, fight maybe in the in the toy store that there's like a reuse and like the 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 turtles theme from the first film it's like they did it on different type of instrumentation but okay they reused it um and i caught that i kind of liked it um, and I, I put this just under like sound in general sound. Um, remember a couple of episodes ago when I was enjoying my taco dinner while we were <laughs> recording and, and during the, the opening, you guys were, you know, egging me on about the crunching that the scene of Mikey and, and Raph sitting down when, my, when Raph's being all pissy about the <laughs> TV and he says, Hey Mikey, can you crunch any louder? That is literally yeah what I thought of while we were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy, anything for soundtrack? Uh, the, the orchestration behind um, pretty much any time Splinter gathers all the turtles around and, and tells them some sort of a story about their past. Or, or even when he recounts, like, naming 
them after Renaissance painters. Yeah. You know, I, I like the the um the orchestration behind those scenes. Okay. I can't say it's I really memorable remember. to me. Yeah, see I don't I, I nothing really sticks out to me besides ninja rap. Like I, I remember some <laughs> of the like licensed music stuff because like growing up I had the sound like my, my dad had the soundtrack, so he put it on a tape for me and I would listen to the tape over and over again. So like movies I liked growing up, I just had the soundtrack for. It doesn't mean the music was good, but I had it and listened to it all the time. So when all that <laughs> stuff comes up, that's what I was drawn to and remembered from growing up. The orchestra stuff never stuck with me as a kid, so I guess I glossed over it a lot easier watching it now, even today, or, you know, the other day when I watched it, so, I don't know, I, I, I probably should owe it to the movie to watch it again and listen, listen for that stuff to see what's there, especially if you're liking it that much, but I still can't remember how any of that sounds right now. Um, Ian, you got anything for soundtrack? Like most of the movies on this, um, the music didn't distract me from the film and it didn't have the exact opposite tone. Like I think Cowboys and Aliens had that issue at points where I think the yeah, music yeah. didn't match what was happening tonally. Yeah. So this movie didn't make that mistake other than maybe Go Ninja doesn't, is maybe a little too fun and happy for a fight <laughs> scene, but like it works in this campy nonsense of a film. Yeah. And it was kind of. Weird though, like it's not. This is less. This is maybe more of a director thing, I guess, than the music. But it was weird that he's literally inventing this song, and yet the whole audience knows the chorus the first <laughs> time he does the chorus. I thought about that. Like for I don't know why, but this this viewing was like, man, Vanilla Ice is a really good freestyler because he just comes up with this song <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> there are people out there that can freestyle rap that. Well, oh, I believe it. I just don't think Vanilla Ice is one of those people. No, no, probably not. <laughs> no, I don't even think he wrote this. Like, I don't. That's think... what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he ever wrote a song. <laughs> but like over the in the court in the movie, yeah, you know, the setting of the movie, he just like is like I'm feeling this beat. Oh, there's Ninja Turtles. Let's do this, and just comes up with the song. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like that that song also ruined his career, but also made him a lot of money. <laughs> But then again, he's now flipping houses on HGTV. Yeah. I mean, for the record, do you guys like that song, Ninja Rap? Yes or no? I don't like it outside of the context of the film. <laughs> you don't find yourself listening to this random weekend anytime in the future. I would rather listen to Friday by Rebecca Black on a random <laughs> weekend. <laughs> I I I would agree with the sentiment of like outside of the context of the of the movie, it's probably hard. Like I'm probably not choosing it all that much, but admittedly, if like I have the MP3 from somewhere, it's like in the last 20 years I got it somehow. So if I yeah. have something on shuffle and it comes on and I'm you know, driving or I'm doing something, probably not turning it off. Probably won't. If you're legally, out. I'm not allowed to skip it because you're driving. You won't. <laughs> but any other situation where legally you could skip it and not get a ticket, you would. <laughs> eh, depends. I said, I'm probably not. Well, seeking, probably not seeking it out. Like, oh yeah, let me go find that one in uh, in my files. But if it just happened to come on, yeah, I'm probably gonna enjoy it. Like the only other situation this song would play that's not the movie is if you're at a children's birthday party and they're into karate. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, Andy, what do you think? You I name for the song? It. I wouldn't skip it. <laughs> so you find yourself listening to it outside of this movie? 
I, I probably would. Alexa, <laughs> play ninja rap. <laughs> Is it doing? She got it. Ice. I heard vanilla ice. Did I? Did I hear the 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 whistle blowing? Oh, there it is. Yeah, I hear it. Yep. <laughs> All right, now we have to talk over it so we don't get a, a license uh, violation here for the podcast. I do kind of want to know stop. who owns the rights to it now. <laughs> you want to see what? <laughs> who owns the rights to the song currently? Because <laughs> there's no way it's Vanilla Ice or, like, the film production company. No way either yeah. of them own it. Like, somehow Michael Jackson's estate owns it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, after, you know, again, listening to this, the, the music, the licensed music in this movie brought me back to my childhood. It's like, I, again, remember the soundtrack when I was little, so I feel like probably after we're done with this, I'm definitely going to start looking up that soundtrack on Spotify and see if we can just add it to a list just to at least listen to this week. So, yes, I will be listening to Ninja Rap sometime later this week, for sure. <laughs> uh, so we have, what, one more category, right? I really, so. have really what story. should be the the most important one, but I have a <laughs> I have a feeling where it's like the one we're gonna have the least fun with. We're we're saving the best for last, right? Um, all right, story. Who wants to tackle story first? They left him in the dumpster. <laughs> all right, That's so why. Ian's got it. Ian's got it. <laughs> they left Shredder in the dumpster. They just left him there. Didn't check to see if he was dead or not. They just left him in there. And then nobody noticed a dead body in the dumpster for days. <laughs> and then no one noticed him leave the dump that's guarded because people <laughs> steal stuff from the dump at all. The plan I... <laughs> to follow April O'Neil to find the turtles and then they accidentally find out about the ooze is such a fucking stupid plot line. <laughs> this, this idiot brings back a giant dandelion and Shredder's like, well, obviously I can make giant mutant animals with the same fucking thing because I saw Swamp Thing. <laughs> I guess I didn't realize how, how like... Obviously, those sunflowers grew and how they're not hidden and no one's even actively trying to, like, quarantine the state. Like, that dude just walks up after he sees a scientist not even try to hide it somehow, just pick it up and leave with it. He's like, well, there's a big flower up there. Let me go check that out. Like, there's something like, there. Dandelions? Yeah. <laughs> and that when when Ian just mentioned when he gets back to Shredder, Shredder goes, play that through again. The, the the kid presents it to him. He says, this isn't why I sent you to follow him. The kid tries to explain himself. Shredder cuts him off and, and makes him be insolent. And then immediately says, actually, this might be beneficial. Yeah. All within like six seconds. That's how you move the plot forward. At, at TGRI, they have the ooze before the turtles show up. And the scientists, they're ready to go. Then they appear, and then they fight for a bit, and then they go, Ninja Vanish! Just don't show up! Just go! Just leave! <laughs> These fucking turtles spend this whole movie telling the worst fucking jokes. Like, they are a... They're not offensively bad in the sense that they were, like, actually offensive in the first film. They're offensively <laughs> bad in that a comedian didn't write these jokes. A humorist wrote them. And you can tell because they're not funny. <laughs> and these turtles you know, have the audacity to laugh 
when April O'Neil says, oh, I'm working on my chucking as she waves around nunchucks. They <laughs> groan at that line because they think it's bad. And yet it's like they didn't hear a single other joke they told throughout the film. Does anyone here understand what Ralph Nader has to do with rope? No. No. What, what the fuck was that joke? <laughs> was it a joke even? But two, th- all right. So two things, because I think I think the 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 cringing at the April's I'm you know learning how to chuck line or whatever. I think that's Mikey slapping himself in the head for leaving the nunchucks on the counter. Not her joke. It's oh, no, I, an idiot for leaving the I took it. I always took it as her joke. I I always <laughs> took it as her joke too. Oh, and see, it, I, I I I in my head it's it's him imagining her trying to do it because he can't look at her doing it. Oh, see, like, uh, they, they I always took it as like I'm an idiot. I left them on the counter, and now we're gonna get found out. I like, no, it, it I always went the other those. way. I always went the other okay. way. Like uh, oh, there she goes trying to use the parlance, and satin. She just sounds so lame trying to say the words. Yeah, she didn't even right, say yeah, turtle. I can too. What? what? He's thinking she didn't even say turtle or do a turtle pun. <laughs> Are you dumb, April? Second, second thing too, the line of like. Yeah, a little too rap gets me every fucking time. That is the probably yes. the one and only time I laughed in this movie. I will say I, I gave them a lot of credit because at least someone looked over it and was like, humor comes in threes, and they set it up by doing like too quiet, too something, too rap. Yeah. So I'll give yeah. them that. They did the rule of threes. They didn't execute <laughs> it well, but they, they tried. I think they nailed it. They did the moving scene where it's pouring down rain and they're trying to like sneak them out. Just wear a trench coat. Because you can go see a fucking film in a trench coat in the first movie. So why do we have to sneak around on trench coats all of a sudden? Yeah, Mikey only took the hat. He didn't take the trench coat. Did, did anyone even see Casablanca? Who was that joke for? <laughs> Who was that Casablanca joke for? I, I have never seen Casablanca. I've always just assumed it goes like that. What Michelangelo does yeah, right that, there. That, <laughs> yeah. That's enough of the movie. You're good. Yep. You yeah. got your fix. <laughs> Um, they find the lost station of Atlantis, which they didn't really even need to find a new home. Nothing really happens there except, I guess, the science that could have happened in April's bathtub. People make meth in bathtubs all the time. You can make <laughs> fucking ooze antidotes in bathtubs, too. There's this weird, like, throwaway, like, fan servicey thing where they want her to do a swimsuit story as their news reporter. And I just didn't see the point of that scene in any, like... Why do we need to have her fighting with her news manager? Like, that, that, that's just an excuse to extend this out so that a phone call doesn't occur when the scene starts. That is the only part that that part exists in the film. I would, I would agree with that, yeah. So they took notes that, like, Casey's too violent, let's have less weapons, yet they still keep in the turtles wanting to fuck a human. They <laughs> kept that in. Only they one of them, maybe. <laughs> The final test to see if you could join the Foot Clan is to silently remove bells. No one did that! Not even <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme could remove a single bell, making zero noise. I did make that comment to Sarah that if if it took something like the, the supposed expertise of a master ninja like Raphael or something that, you know, we're led to believe that's what they are, not one of those... Crackerjack foot soldiers, just like cookie <laughs> cookie cutter so- foot soldiers off the streets, who you know made it through. I guarantee, yes, not one of them was able to do that. I, I wouldn't buy that for a second. Why do you think the fat foot soldier was there? Oh, 
And then the only good piece of writing here was they stole something from Mortal Kombat where they had a finish him moment with the keytar. And that's it. Uh, <laughs> and and they borrowed from Back to the Future. Yeah. Blow out the speaker. Sends sends a dude flying across a room. Oh, and they, I, I wrote this down specifically. I did bring it up already, but um, the joke still suck is the third thing I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought the jokes landed better in this one than the first one because I actually, Jess and I actually laughed through a lot of this. I don't understand you boomers. <laughs> <laughs> I think that even the jokes probably come off better only because the, 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 the overall tone of everything else better matches the attempt at, at humor. The, the, any, any yes. joke moment yeah. is so juxtaposed, juxtaposed to, you know, this like gritty real world, like Christopher Nolan style made it a uh, uh, Ninja Turtles movie of the first one that they don't really mesh all that well. So even if it's lame, it's stupid, etc., it just seems to fit everything else much better. So it's probably benefiting from that at, at the very least a little bit. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the jokes definitely fit the tone of this movie better. That even if they're crappy, the tone goes campy and and slapsticky, so the jokes fall in line with that. I think yes. I mean, I agree. The jokes are bad, and the movie's bad. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to your rating. <laughs> the uh, the only other thing I remember bringing up is again one of those things you just buy as a kid, and I did for like the longest time. Um, when they discover this, you know, abandoned subway tunnel section or whatever the fact that donatello found a like a main power switch does not mean electricity would still be going there right yeah y your your main voltage switch doesn't like wh whatever y yeah they would they would have turned that shit off decades ago and as soon as it popped back on and they realized someone's not paying for that electricity it goes off the next day yeah, probably. Or they find where the turtle's hideout is. <laughs> yeah, they trace it back to where the power's coming from. Yeah, yeah either way, like, they lose. Like, what the fuck happened? How did this get turned on? <laughs> Such freeloaders taking power, not, not paying for electricity. Some, you know, the public's making up for that. I mean, really, yeah. anywhere they are, like, whether it's the cartoon or the other movie, like, they have TVs and shit in any sewer they are in, so they're getting power somewhere. So mm -hmm. I just write it off that, like, yep, yeah, it's part of their lair. <laughs> um, Andy, do you have anything else for story? Uh, it, it's it's weak. <laughs> I, I will say that. <laughs> it, it It's... There's, there's really no meat there. It's yeah. almost like they had an outline, and they were like, go, do it, good. That's, well, why that's the how you turn around and make playing. a movie in a year. Or or bullet points. They were just like yeah. turtle pellet turtle pellet points. I don't know what you were calling. <laughs> well, yeah, they kept it very simple. Uh, so Shredder only wants revenge on them, so you don't have to expand any further motivation of his or or have to unwind any other conflict he might create. He's solely focused. And cap you know, get your brother back find a new place to live, undo the other mutations, and drop a peer on him. Actually, let him drop a peer on himself. Done. 
Yeah, I think that, I don't know, like, as a kid, that climax with Super Shredder always was like, oh my god, here we go. Watching it now, I'm like, they could just, as soon as he starts, like, damaging the dock and you're afraid it's going to collapse, just dive off the side. Like, there's nothing holding you in place there. There was openings on either side of that pier. Just jump yeah. out. And that's the worst part, is they're like, thank god we're fucking turtles, man. Like, yeah. anyone could have gone in the water for five seconds! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... You didn't have to go underwater. Like, you just had to jump in and you were safe. Or go right. backwards. Go anywhere else but stand still. And right. you, you weren't dead. Do anything except what Super Shredder did and you survive. Yeah, it was as climaxes go. It wasn't the wasn't the best ending. I think you, like, yeah. you're waiting. You're you're wanting so much more out of like Super Shredder versus the Turtles, and it's so lackluster. It's yeah, like they were I, that manually edited missed. the dailies <laughs> and realized we're at a runtime. <laughs> Here's the ending. We we've met seventy five minute obligation for a feature film. Kevin Nash is only here for a day. Well, again, you know when you turn a movie around this quickly, you're gonna you're gonna lose something somewhere. So the fact that this was made that quickly still is like, you know, I'm surprised it works as well as it does. Honestly, they made it in under a year. Yeah, the 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 run. I'm looking at it right now. The runtime on this, which I think like official runtime postings typically include the whole run of the credits. So the the entire runtime of the movie is an hour twenty eight minutes. Yeah. So it's probably around like one seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty is the actual movie. Well, that was back when I feel like, you know, quote-unquote kids' movies couldn't be more than an hour and a half. Like, you gotta, oh, yeah, you gotta get it under an hour and a half. Two, two, two hours is too much for a kid's attention span. They can't, they can't hold their attention that long. Yeah. And it still felt like two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, I, you know, I, don't know too... I don't know if I'm excited in a weird way for you to hit the rest of these, especially part three. Or if it's just going to be, like, torture for you. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 we're going to have to refresh on Ian's rating for the first one, because I was, I was, I didn't think, granted, I was betting he would not like this one, but mm -hmm. I also was betting that he probably would like this one better than the last one. He wouldn't, he wouldn't dislike it as much. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm right. I'm at the rate that we're going. I don't know how much positive stuff he's actually said now that I'm trying to think back. So I don't. <laughs> I'm I'm actually worried it might be a worse rating than the than the first one. Well, it had worse jokes, but it had less like bad jokes that didn't age well. Mm -hmm. They were just <laughs> bad jokes. Yeah. So is that a positive for you? I'm just looking for the less bad. E yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but like that rough Nader joke really sticks out to me. Because like, I just, do, I even Googled rough Nader and rope and couldn't figure that shit out. <laughs> so did I, I must have missed this joke. When when was when did this joke hit? They get caught in the like the rope trap. Like I guess I think that's at the construction site. I think. Yeah. In the, in oh, the, okay. the no, no, that was at the the junkyard. 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 The junkyard dogs get him in the rope trap, and then I don't even know if they just. I think they just said like. This is like Ralph Nader or something. Like, they just throw out Ralph Nader's name in He's conjunction gonna, with, like, the rope being well-built, I think. He says, I'm going to drop Ralph Nader a line. Yeah. Because, like, the rope's well-made. They say, that, oh, this rope, we can't escape from this rope. I'm going to drop Ralph Nader a line. And I'm like, who? Where? <laughs> Where's the joke? Where's the humor in this? Yeah, I got nothing. I'm just trying to imagine some dad at the cinema with his son being like... Fucking nailed Nader, dude. They fucking <laughs> ripped Nader a new one. 
Uh, I think for like, especially how quickly, again, this movie was made. I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've ever taken the time to do it, but I kind of want to look at like behind the scenes stuff for this movie, like the, the, the making of this movie just to see what they dive into, what they talk about. I'm sure it's like some big PR thing where it's, you, you're not getting like the nitty gritty of how this was actually made, you know, corners that might've been cut. Uh, but I'm definitely interested just to, just to see what was there and how they ended up with some of the decisions they did for this movie. I don't know how easy, how easy it is any of that stuff, like to find any of that stuff, but I, I'm going to try to check that out for sure. You need a, um, uh, what's the, like the guy that made like the, the death of Superman lives. You yeah. Do like a I'd like something for, type thing. Yeah. I would watch the crap out of that. Um, all right. So we hit our, all of our categories. Uh, so we're sort of going to go around and sort of end with the question, does this movie hold up? And do you think it really ever held up? Because uh, so I want to start a little bit more kind. Josh, we'll start with you. Where do, where do you feel on this movie? Does it hold up? Do you think it ever held up? Um, I I think it, it, it holds up less to the degree than I would have even said 10 years ago. Yeah. But I think there is definitely a niche there for it that for what it is, it, again, is... I think insanely watchable. Probably, probably not. Admittedly, like if someone didn't grow up with it, probably not. But on this rewatch, I didn't say like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize this was ever so bad." I will probably never watch this ever again. Right. Uh, well, you had mentioned to to us that uh, your wife was quoting the movie pretty well. I was. I don't think I realized Sarah knew this movie hell. that well. Neither did I, because I definitely didn't feel like the first one. We've watched, I think, every movie on Rewind together so far. And I don't know if I've ever experienced, like, anything that we both know, like, other than, like, outside of Avengers, maybe. Like, the first Avengers movie or something that she just, like, from the beginning, the first, like, 20 minutes, we were both, like, in sync, almost just, like, rattling off every word. And, like, I, I, I found myself surprised that. I just subconsciously remembered so much about it, but she was like on point and she's, she, I don't know if she's not normally like that or just doesn't chooses not to express it, but like for whatever reason it was hitting her and she was just like every single line. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Surprised she wasn't quoting bloodshot. When that guy's <laughs> she was not, she, she was nice enough. She did rewatch that with me. So she has seen that twice as well. <laughs> Uh, Andy, how do you feel about this one? I think it holds up more than the first one, honestly. Really? Okay. Um, what was about this one that, that you think held up better than the first one? Um, I just think it's a much more watchable movie. I don't know. It's, it's more enjoyable. Okay. Fair enough. It's not uh, quite as dark and moody as the first one is. Yeah. Uh, Ian, how bad, how bad do you think this does not hold up? Well, I think it holds up. I don't think anything has changed since it came out that makes it a worse movie. I just don't think it was ever good. <laughs> like, they didn't have jokes that aged poorly because of changing accepted attitudes of stuff. It just, the jokes were never good. <laughs> the action was shot poorly from the get-go. And, you know, it, nothing really changed for it except, I guess, computers got modern, but I'm not going to knock it for that. You know, it holds up. I feel, like, I feel like I need to reiterate, and we, we I feel like every time we get to a really big divide like this, especially with Turtles, Turtles seems to be the one we always end up bringing up. Ian is, is 
definitely compared to me, seven years younger than me. So there's 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 the divide there. There's a, there's a little bit of a generational gap of like he was not exposed to turtles growing up like the rest of us. So I think that has something to do with it. Maybe I think it's fair to say. I was born when this movie came out on like the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you just missed it. A little bit, a yeah. little bit too late. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. You know, do, does the movie hold up? Did it ever hold up? I I think. I think it does hold up, but again, I think it's it's objectively bad. I don't I don't think it's a good movie. However, like I said, I think it's just the nostalgia of it for me. I'm I'm coming at this. I will admit being perfectly biased on this movie. I like it more than I should, but that's again just because I think it's it's nostalgia for me. It's what I grew up with, so I'm gonna say yes. I think this movie holds up. I feel like this is if I got you guys to watch the Ronald McDonald cartoons that came with Happy Meals, and I would enjoy the shit out of it. You guys would be like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> There's that, Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Uh, all right, so refreshing uh, where we were at earlier with the Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic ratings. So Rotten Tomatoes ratings, uh, critic is at 35%, audience at 67 uh, Metacritic the meta score is 45. The user score is 6.7. So talk about your rating and whether or not you think that, well, sorry, we'll, we'll start with uh, how, if you agree, disagree with the ratings we just went over and then give us your rating after that. So Andy, we'll start with you. Okay. Can I ask Ian what I gave the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Can he? <laughs> <laughs> Judges, Eight. is that allowed? <laughs> <laughs> I gave it an eight. Yes. Okay. Um, I I am in disagreement with the scores. I think it's an excellent movie. Okay. But that might be a nostalgia thing for me because yeah. I always liked number two better than the first one. Number two. Number two. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm gonna give it a nine. Oh, all right. Just because I do like it more, <laughs> I do like it more than the first one. So. Ian's already like you're throwing off my whole writing system here. <laughs> now I'm like I gotta give this a zero, right? <laughs> it's good. This cannot be the highest rated movie that we've done. Just so far. even it out. <laughs> uh, Josh, where are you at? Do you agree, disagree with the Rotten Tomatoes Metacritic, and what is your rating? I guess I can kind of see it, especially if there's a large pool of users. Uh, sending in the reviews again, like of our age group, and 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 logging. I can understand why they would they would get there. Um, I think I was at same thing. I was at what like a eight, eight and a half on the first one, Ian. Eight and eight. At honestly, I'd actually probably going to go lower. Uh, I, I the 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 I I enjoy the darkness of the first one actually more than the campiness of this um still watchable as hell so i will give it well given all the problems that we talked about i'll give it a five i'll give it a five and a half. Oh, that went lower than i thought it would uh ian disagree agree with the scores and what is your score uh the critics nailed this they know exactly what they're talking about i've always said on this show that the critics are always correct and <laughs> they have the utmost authority to review something um i i do believe 
mostly on the merit that the the costumes were better so they could actually try and fight that this is a better movie than the first one and purely on that basis that the costumes are better in that alone i'm giving it a four what was your rating on the first one three and a half all right we'll take a we'll take a bump up i will accept that um as far as me i i think the uh i i would agree much in more in line with the audience and the user rating obviously so the 67 for both of them i think is more in line than with what i would rate this as um i think if i remember i gave the first one what 8.5 correct okay the second highest score <laughs> yeah i still i I'm I'm with Josh. I think the tone of the first one fits uh, maybe more just more as an adult what I would like to see from a Turtles movie. I I want to see something like that explored and I think the first one did it pretty well. Uh the shift in tone for this worked as a kid but less as an adult and I'm running purely off of nostalgia. I think I appreciated the first movie more as an adult than as I got older. Uh so I'm going to rate this one a little bit lower. I think I'm going to give this one a 7.5. I still am giving it I don't know. I mean, a decently high score because I think I'm still riding really high on this nostalgia for this movie. It's still, like Andy said, it's very, very watchable. Uh, I'm not ever going to turn this off if it's on. It's not on, though, anytime, anywhere. All right. No, so no I one just on has this to... on. <laughs> I have to go out of my way to watch it, but I will at some point watch this again for sure. Um, all right. So I guess that's our that concludes our discussion. So it's time to spin the wheel. The Wheel of Fate. Uh, so again, our our wheel consists of four standalone movies right now and two franchises. So the standalones we have on the wheel right now are Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, Supergirl, The Kitchen, and Speed Racer. Uh, Ninja Turtles is still one of the franchises still on the board. Our latest edition last episode was Ghost Rider, so that will be our second franchise. So the whole wheel carries over from last episode. We're going to spin the same thing. So if we land on Turtles again, we're getting Turtles 3. Everything else will start from the top. Well, I guess everything else by, you know, Ghost Rider starts at the top since there's two of those movies. Uh, and everything else is single. So the next time we do the wheel and we lose a single, uh, you know, we're trying to, again, look at how many franchise movies are are left. And they far outweigh the standalone. So I think we're going to at least try to do half and half. So the next time we lose a single, we'll replace it with a franchise just to try to get through some of the franchises a little bit quicker. Um and we'll we'll play it by ear. If it doesn't work that way, we don't we still don't feel like we're getting through them quicker. We'll, we'll we might wait the wheel a little bit more, but we'll see how it goes half and half and what we start hitting. And if we need to adjust somewhere down the line, we can do that. Um All right, so let's go for the wheel. I got to share it for these guys. All right, you guys can see the wheel, correct? Yes. Okay. Can you make it bigger? Every time. No. No, you're <laughs> stuck with you're stuck with the wheel. That's what it is. Uh, all right. Any any guesses or feeling what we? I know a- Andy wants Valerian. No, I want Ghost Rider now. Oh, okay. Something else. Nick Valerian Cage. Spot. Nick Cage. I Nick want Turtles Cage, Three. Nick Cage. I'm I, Turtles Three is what I'm very curious about because I I remember not liking that movie as a kid. So what the hell is that movie gonna be like as I watch it as an, as an adult? Oh 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 oh! Oh, did it? Oh no! Oh god! We're watching the kitchen. All right. Yeah, Turtles just missed the cut. I'll admit, this is one I'm not really looking forward to. So I'm busy in like two weeks. <laughs> We're all just going to skip this one. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. It might be a really good movie. I, I don't know, but 
I, hey, we, I we b- before this all started, I, we all had input on the wheel and nobody said, take the kitchen off. Well, it's that, still a comic book true. movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's what? How can DC, you take it off? It's a DC then? property, right? I believe so. I don't know. I don't know how. You will find out next week. Too, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it was, it was like, yeah. it was either last year or 2019. No, oh, no, even it was either 19 or 20. It was 2019, and it's on DC's Vertigo. It's from the Vertigo label, so it's not like the main uh, DC imprint. Uh, okay, all right, that's how it makes the cut. It's all spinny and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Vertigo is like more for the like more mature line usually. So or for people who like spinny and crazy. <laughs> Yes. I hope you do that every time. Please do that every time. <laughs> I hope it comes up more often. Yeah, I hope there's more DC Vertigo comics that are coming up. Yeah, because it's spinning and crazy. <laughs> I'm actually surprised how much he's done it tonight. <laughs> so I feel like you're channeling your best Steve Martin. Like, I'm, I'm getting a vibe. Uh, all right, so I think that's it for us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share us on social media. You can follow to subscribe with the show. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor Stitcher, hopefully anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Search Bry Guy into Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Friends. That's our page. Check us out. Give us a like. Uh, you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Uh, you can try to email us, Friends at gmail.com. It is working. It's there. I probably won't check it, but it's there. I'll find it, you know, in another year. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at BG Super Friends. And if you want, you can follow me on Twitch, Jedi Bry Guy. Uh, we've done a few live shows where we recorded and broadcast live on Twitch. Uh, I think we've done two. It's been months since we did the last one. At some point, we will probably do another one. I don't know when or what the topic will be. Uh, but if you follow the socials, we'll update you whenever that, whenever that happens. Um, follow now and you'll get the notification hopefully whenever we go live the next time. Uh, other than that, that's it for us. And on behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. I made another funny. Ha ha ha!